This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 533, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Podcast episode 533. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. Who assures me is not typing. I'm not typing, Josh. Currently not <laughs> typing. And Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. Not Hello. Typing. No one's typing. Does anybody else hear that typing? Anyone at all? <laughs> this could be a weird one. We are a fanboy. We like comic books. We dislike typing. Every week we read a stack of our comics and one of us picks their favorite book and we call that the pick of the week. We will talk about that book. We'll talk about other books. Talk about some stuff. Do some things and some other stuff going around. Read some things and talk about it. Make the jokes. I just did Cosby, and now I feel bad. <laughs> oh, God. It just came out. Oh, crap. Anyway, maybe we'll listen to some mail, maybe your input, and, and talk about that. There's, it, I'm not going to say it's endless possibilities, but there are some possibilities. Listen, before we get started, though, Josh, you have to stop typing. <laughs> <laughs> really long-time listeners would be like, yeah, I know what they're talking about. It's driving me crazy. Um, you, we're going to talk about what happens in the books. It's spoilers. So you know, it's on you. It's your deal. Connor, you had to pick. I did, and there was a lot of books this week again, which was <clears throat> good. It's good. You know, it's always good to have a lot of good books. I enjoyed most of my stack, but uh, the pick of the week ended up being Batman 51, the final issue for Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, the only team, the only original team from the New 52 to to finish off their book before the next reboot. So that should be applauded. They, uh, I, didn't, I don't know if everyone thought they would, but 51 issues is, you know, give or take one or two fill-ins, was, is a pretty astounding run in this day and age. Well, there, there was, more, there was more than one or two fill-ins, but it's still a solid run. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. There was, not that, there was one or two. There was a handful. No, there was, I well, think there was, like, to, there was like six. Okay, but compared like to one year, six out of... Like one a year. That's, yeah, which is great. Okay, okay so that, yeah. we'll call that 88%. Yeah, that's great. No, no, I'm not, no, I'm not well, taking away from it. I'm just saying, like, we got, yeah, no. we got some Jock, we got some Raphael Albuquerque, we, there was Dustin Nguyen, like, there was other people doing it, but um, it made sense, and, and looking back on this, this is the Snyder Capullo run. Like that, yeah. Well, the, it, the, yeah. the point still being that given any other of today's premier artists, do you, like, yeah. you're now, they're, most of them are going to do six on, six off. Right. So compared to that, it's it's like any break that he took, you're like, oh yeah, that's totally got it, that's justified. And even when they did it, it wasn't like that fill-in art. That fill-in artist wasn't a side story. Yeah, right. It wasn't. It wasn't the main story. So he did all the real meat of the story. Capullo's a madman. Yes. I mean, and this, and honestly, looking back on it, this really uh, like revitalized his career. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's funny because I just referred to him as like a premier artist, as one of the big guys, and he is now, but he wasn't at the beginning of this. Yeah. Some people might have referred to him as such. But he, he was, was a not. big name before, but he wasn't really out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah. 
I couldn't tell you what book he did before Batman. Spawn. I mean, no, I mean, like immediately Haunt. before Batman. Spawn. Was it Spawn, Spawn and Haunt? Yeah, he was. He yeah, it was. I mean, it was. He was stuck in McFarland Land for years. Like that's the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't like he was toiling around doing like books at Aspen, waiting for DC to call. Like I, I, I'm, and, and we can, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna type and look this up right now. But um, oh wait, no, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, he wasn't. Um, oh, he was born in Schenectady. I did not know that. Um, yeah, no, he was. Anyway, he was doing. Um, he was. He was before Batman. Literally before Batman, it was Haunt, and before Haunt, it was Spawn. So. So haunt. What, what books were he? What's he doing? Haunt and Spawn. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> so this. Oh this God! Issue, I feel eight years younger just right now. <laughs> issue, so 50, issue fifty-one was the perfect wrap-up issue for this team and these these stories. It's a one-shot sort of a decompression after a long story issue in which there's a blackout in Gotham City. So Batman, and we're going to get to the big news in a minute. I know you're all waiting to hear about it, but we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, but there's a, there's a blackout in Gotham City, and Batman is convinced that there's some nefarious reason for it. So he goes all around the city trying to figure it, figure it out, and he uses that as a as a chance to visit in on most of the characters that we've seen throughout this run. We've we see the Court of Owls. We see you know he goes to talk to Jim Gordon. He talks to he see you know we run into the Riddler and the Penguin. Uh, the only, basically, the only real major character we don't run into is the Joker, and I guess. Lincoln March, but uh, I almost said Lincoln Rhyme. Lincoln March, but uh, for the most part, we get a, sort of a overview of all the different people we've seen in the last couple of years, and it's a it's a definite wrap up of this is this is the the stories we've been involved in for six years, and this is Batman, um, and a great final page in which we find out that the the blackout was totally natural, it was a natural disaster. And uh, Batman on the perch on top of a gargoyle, basically saying, "I'm, I'm going to be watching anyway." It was a, I thought it was a great uh, final shot. I, I was just watch, I was still watching just in case. And uh, the, the, as the sun rises, I think that's really Batman in a nutshell. Um, it, and also a nice little nod to the first issue with the Arkham almost breakout with those char- with all the characters from that first issue who were breaking out in the beginning. So it was just a nice little overview. And the big story is, of course, that. Uh, somewhere in the middle of the issues, Alfred got his hand sewn back on. So he's back to two hands. Which is just very glossed over, by the way. Okay, so we <laughs> thought about this. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. How long, first of all, how long First of all, you, how long did you somebody, think about Somebody tweeted the iFanboy account with it and spoiled it. Oh, oh yeah. I, mean, I, was, I was spoiled a lot by people tweeting it. I mean, like, I don't re- I'm not reading these books immediately as they come out. Yeah, I, I, have- I need people to not assume that I've read something by 10 a.m. Wednesday. Right. That's key. <laughs> so... Let's keep that in mind. Um, Friday evening, you can you can start to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Friday evening, everyone listening. Uh, but at the same time, who gives a shit? Because it was completely like, nah, it's fixed. And I was yeah. like, all right, that's what I want. Because I don't want to read a story about how Alfred got his hand back. It's I robotic. want them to tell me in two I panels. I don't care. I don't care what kind of hand it is. I want them to just say he's got his hand back and move on. And that's what they did. And that is rad because you can do that in comics. And anybody who's upset that they didn't get a good story or explanation out of it, uh, come on now. I yeah. would I would have liked a nice little backup. I would I think it can't hurt to have a nice little backup where they show the process. They go into whatever technology was used to do it. Cutaways. Just <laughs> cutaways. A map. Cut away of his hand and his wrist. Yeah, yeah exactly. Some sort of yeah. some sort of visual representation of, of yeah exactly cell, the building he charts. the building he's in while it's happening. Yeah, cutaway. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice. So. Yeah. 
But yeah. what what Snyder so, and Capullo have done here is they've put Batman in a good place to move forward. They put, him back, they put him back on the shelf. They put all they put literally all the pieces back together. Uh, Batman is in fact even younger, stronger, and in better shape than he was before this book started. Alfred is back together. The city's back to normal. Commissioner Gordon's back to smoking cigarettes on the roof, which I thought we got rid of, but it doesn't matter. Um, he's he, so ba- Batman even doesn't have any scars. Yeah. Let me ask so you this. Uh, yes. Who? What was Batman before this? Like, this. like, like, who did this? I know that Snyder did Detective before this for a little while, and I guess. Oh, you mean who was the who was the like, was he dead? Was that before? well? Yeah, before this, it was uh, Dick Grayson. Morris. Yeah. And yeah. Morrison yep. and Morrison on Batman. So that was the last Batman before this epoch. Well, I mean, that was five, six years ago. Right, I know. That's what I'm saying. What I'm, the point I'm getting at here is that whatever all that was, like this did actually wipe that out, which is interesting because one of the things about this, I was, I was thinking about this run in this series. How long? How long? I mean, uh, since it started and sort of adding to it, you know, as through there, but when, after I read it, I was wondering if... Whoa, Fabian Isa wrote the last couple of issues. Tony Daniel. This was like a... If you recall, before the New 52 reboot, they were just throwing anybody in the books to get them out and done. Yeah. Yeah, no. It was pretty rough. Pretty rough. Right. Um, David Hine. I mean, this was not an all-star cast of writers. I I wonder if it's good or bad for the legacy of this book that it was part of the New 52, which is generally... I think will ultimately be considered to be, if not a failure, a a blip. I don't think this will affect this book's legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't, uh, yeah I think this this almost exists outside of it because I don't think of this run existing because of the mm-hmm. the status quo set by the new Fifty Two. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it is. I'm just posing. I would also thought. venture that this book is bigger than New Fifty Two. It's the only the only real success out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And. Uh, It'll exist on its own. It'll. This will be. You know, the, the people will talk about the Snyder Capullo run, and they won't talk about the New Fifty Two. Yeah. What? And they wrote it. They wrote it in such a way, really, that it doesn't really didn't. It didn't really fit into that anyway. And this is so. a better. I'm gonna go ahead and say, like, do we, do we agree? Like, this is a better run on this than Morrison's run. Batman R.I.P. Batman Inc. All those things. It's a different run. Different run. Yeah, but. Because you I, didn't like that as much as other people. I like the Morrison run a lot. And, and I like, let's not I like forget, Batman let's not for, and Robin for three issues. I was going to say, let's not forget the Morrison Quietly issues that were just like godlike, you know? But. Yeah, but there was, that was three. There was three yeah, issues. But his his whole run on Batman as a, as a whole was great. Batman RP was great. I mean, you may not have liked them, but this is a different kind of story. I'm, I'm not even saying myself. Like, I, I, I get it. But did people really like them? I don't ever hear it mentioned anymore. Yeah. Well, nobody mentions anything that's five years old anymore. No one yeah. mentions anything that's a year old anymore. Yeah, I exactly. get that. Yeah. How about yeah. how about how about Siege? I reread Siege the other day. That was great. Did you really? Siege was no, great. Siege no, was no. great. No, oh. no, but I'm just that, that, but I'm saying you that's sold the kind it. Of th- I'm sorry. I'm I know. Sorry. I really did sell it. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing that you don't hear. So yeah. So no. well, there's What's so much good? new stuff. It's almost impossible. I've been reading old it stuff is. at night lately. I, I just been rereading. <laughs> that's when I read books at no, night. I know you made it sound like somewhat like illicit. You know, like like don't tell yeah. anybody I read old stuff at night. You know, like it's. <laughs> Before I go to bed, I read some old stuff, and I, you know, it's it's nice to go back and read. Someone walks into the room, and you quickly jump up and like, no, 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 I wasn't reading Close old stuff. I wasn't. Uh, shut the a, door. Shut the door. Pulls up a Battle World issue and puts it over it. No, just reading this. <laughs> um, Is that a Gold Age? No. 
There's actually there's actually a question later on in the email section that deals with older stories that we'll get to talk about that some more. But we'll yeah, this is I, th- I think this this particular run will transcend the experiment that, that was the New Fifty Two, and it will be talked about on its own as a thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Agreed. Um, it's the only real success coming. I mean, other than I have the Wonder Woman collection. I have that whole run by uh, Brian Azzarello, and I have the whole run by Snyder and Capullo and Trade, and that's really all I have from that. That era, era, other than a couple of random things here and there. I think I don't even. Yeah, I mean the whole, but not, the whole not Justice League cool. thing. That that was a fart in the wind. Justice League this week came. It was part nine of the Dark Side War, and I was like, "This is still going on." Oh, Have you been reading it all along? Yeah. Okay. Oh, not that closely. You never mention it, so yeah, exactly. That's fine. Part ten is next month. It's just like wow. Yeah. No, no opinion on that whatsoever. Let's move on to four kids walk into a bank. Number one, which is not the start of a joke. <laughs> it should be though. Could be. Um, it could be. It could be. Uh, this was my pick of the week. Um, uh, this is actually a book. I actually read this book, this issue, over a year ago. Uh, writer uh, Matt Rosenberg, who uh, wrote "We uh, We We Can Never Go Home," uh, or whatever that book was called for Black Mask, uh, with art by Tyler Boss. And um, uh, and full disclosure, I'm fr- I'm. I'm pretty good friends with Matt, and that's one of the reasons why he sent it to me, uh, you know, a, a long time ago. And but, also, way before any of you would have heard of Matt Rosenberg, too. So you yeah. can, vet, you know, there's yeah. your bona fides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, I love this. I loved it. I love. I think this is the best thing he's written. I think uh, Tyler Boss, who I'd never seen before, this is fantastic. I, I think this was. Th- this is as of right now. This is my pick for best new book of the, of the year. Um, I just I loved every page of it, and I only have one, I only have one little nitpick about it. Uh, which I didn't realize the first time I read it a year ago, but I, I noticed it this week um, it, when he's introducing the characters, uh, the various characters. We introduced the little girl's father um, and the little yeah. uh, uh, dialogue balloon says that he's 32. And yet he's I got, saw that. Yeah, <laughs> except, <laughs> except he's got gray hair and a gray mustache. And it's, I'm like, <laughs> I felt very yeah. old at that moment. Well, <laughs> given given where his story goes, maybe it was a hard 32 years. He's got Reed Richards hair. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, said, I said the same thing. Yeah. Josh, what did you think of this and, Well, Well, before, before we get to Josh, um, that's just going to be the first of many uh, pedantic observations I have this week. So get ready. So, okay, oh Lord. Yeah. Those, are, those are kind of my thing, but yeah. okay. If you want to get in on that, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and also, like, have you read more? I, I mean, I don't want to like give away anything. No, I haven't. I, I purposely have not. I have not read the second issue yet. So, so it's a good premise. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it the way that you did. Um, what I noticed about it was the thing is that I I was looking at this and I realized that whatever it was that was happening in David Aja's Hawkeye yeah. is becoming an aesthetic. Yeah. In terms definitely of... Definitely for a certain set of creators. Yeah, and I, 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 I hesitate to use the H word, but I don't want to, but there is a more modern comic book aesthetic, and this fits into that, which I just think is an interesting creative uh, thing that's happening. It's, it's almost like a move away from the sort of Jack Kirby... Bomb Adam, Bombas yeah. is exactly the word into this other thing, which reminds me of. Uh, I mean, it borrows from um, almost like a Chris Ware kind of thing. It's it's yeah, yeah that, 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 that's more... that, that's my thing. Like like Chris Ware, um, I, the uh, Tyler Boss's penciling style reminded me of Rutu Madan sometimes. Um, sure, sure. You know, like like that that kind of in like I don't say indie, not indie, but like. Um, 
alt comic <laughs> aesthetic, you know, like something. Like, I was trying not to say the H word. Yeah, yeah, but, like yeah, but like something something drawn in quarterly, like this, like this, like you take yes, away the yes. content of this and show me the art, and I, I'm like, oh, drawn in quarterly, like that's what I, my first thought of, and um, but then you know with Rosenberg, with the story that Rosenberg writ- wrote for this is more in line with like Deadly Foes of Spider Man. Um, you know, it's definitely of, a Nick Spencer esque Nick Spencer uh, story. Yeah. Story aesthetic. Yeah. It felt very much like the fix. Yeah, but yeah. but, I, but also just like I feel like whatever that Aja thing was in there, like it has bled oh, into totally. so many comics. Totally. Yeah, and, that, well, and it, like it blew those a lot the of people's minds. That book, that book really yeah. hit like a bomb for for especially for other creators. Yeah, and even but, like even the coloring in this, there's a, there's a heavy sort of purple and reddishness that goes through the whole thing. Um, I, I, overall with the story, like I kind of like I liked it and everything. I don't know, uh, I don't know where it's gonna go. Yeah, which I which is normal. So um, I'm not gonna be like, oh wow, it's great. I can't wait for it because I'm not quite sure what the next part of it is. It's again well, like, well yeah, the, a more, I, and, more I, and I feel like the, that's not a first. It's not a first issue complaint. I feel um, like the co- the I cover kind of tips the tips the hand there because it says a crime caper in I, five parts and it's called four kids walk into a bank. So you know, I guess the kids. We're, we're not at the point in the story where that has actually been a thing. Yeah. So it's almost like the title spoiled me. Yeah, <laughs> there was no bank in this issue, Ron. Yeah, I know. So I feel, that's the, I feel the, misled. I that's feel the, misled. That's the one thing. Like way back, way back when Matt shared this with me, I originally told him to change the title. I said just call it Four Kids, you know, because I felt I feel like yeah, Four but, Kids walking walk into a bank is too long. But yeah, but that's just me. But no, I feel I the like title is gotta, it's a good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a, you gotta you gotta sell it through the title. I get why that's there. Yeah, but it's a really modern. Yeah, uh, comic book, and I realized now that I was like, "Oh, this is not the new norm, but a new norm." Yep, um, which is which is really interesting. Yeah, and and I think you know, and, I, and the thing is that like I and yeah, I know you're trying to avoid the H word, and I think rightfully so. Um, uh, <laughs> no, no. I, well, what, what H word are we talking about? Hipsters. Oh, I was saying. Oh, homage. I was thinking I was saying the homage. household Feltzberg prospect. No, I was no, homage. not homage. I was thinking oh. hipster. Uh, and I, but I don't like that's a stupid word. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, basically, yes, it does. You, you you always say that, but you're absolutely 100 percent wrong. It doesn't. It doesn't anymore, though. Like yes, it's it applied to yes, everything it that is that yes, is sort does. of it considered. You just at all. don't like it because people call you that. But it's the absolute. It's absolutely well, a real wrong, thing. But, yeah, it is. But this isn't it. Is my point. Like it, it's it's poorly applied. Yeah, I think 75 percent of the time it doesn't mean anything. Right. Well, that's 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 super distracting. Um, that then not the point I was making. Um, the, but the point I was making is that like. I think you're absolutely right about the influence of Asha and, and, and Hawkeye in this type of storytelling, but I feel like this existed before Hawkeye in those places like Drawn and Quarterly, and like you said, this yes. is just a style. That said, within it, um, I just I, I, I enjoyed a lot of the characterization, a lot of the interplay. Um, the characters really felt real to me. You know, like I could hear this dialogue happening as I was reading the scene. You know, the kids are playing D and D and they're arguing and they're being kids and you know, like that sort of thing. Like I just, I just thought it was really sharp in that regard, and I just, I thought it flowed really well. Um, and then on top of that, I, you know, I like, you know, you know, you get, you give me a what is it, one, two, three, four, like twenty-four page panel, a twenty-four panel mm-hmm. page, and like that's, you know, yeah. like, like th- that's that's the kind of stuff that I, I, I like to see. So I like All to right. see something different. So uh, yeah. to to clarify on a point though, yeah. Taking that drawn and quarterly aesthetic, which we're going to call it, which is probably not accurate either, but taking that, but then applying it to a mainstream style of comic book storytelling. Right. I suppose. And yeah. that's what we've got here. Yeah. And it's agreed. a hybrid. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. I, I like it. I like that that's a thing that we're doing. I mean, that's what comic books have been getting to for the last, you know, uh, decade and a half, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and, and that's the thing. Like after reading this, I'm excited. Not only am I excited for the next issue, but I'm excited to see like to see Tyler Boss, you know, evolve as an artist. You know, like I want to see the second issue because I know that this first issue has been done for so long, and I don't know when the second issue got done and how he's evolved and all that sort of stuff. This looks. This looks just like uh, Mark Bagley. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> you just totally, it's just like an oh. Alan, Alan Davis ripoff. It's just like, <laughs> just like I don't know, I was trying to be more commercial. When? 1986? What have you done? <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, no, I just, I, I'm just really excited about it. I want to see, you know, where it goes. I think as uh, together when it's all done and when all five issues are done, it's, uh, hopefully it's going to be a fun little story. But this is, this got me excited for comics again. So, which is good. Which is a good feeling. Many many people made note of the uh, credits, which are in alphabetical order. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll talk about stupid. Um, I read Star Lord number six, uh, just on a whim. Like it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to read some books, you know. And this week. Yeah, I had like thirty books this week. No, I know, but I wanted to. I want. I felt. I just. I, I. wanted to try some other stuff, and this is the first. The first issue of a new arc and all this sort of stuff, you know. So I was like, all right, let me check this out. I haven't been reading this since the first issue, um, and I thought. Um, I thought structurally, it was a fun issue because it was basically explore. You know, Peter Quill and Kitty Pride have broken up, and it was parallel storytelling as. Gamora is confronting Quill and Rocket is confronting Kitty about their breakup and and you know one half of the page is one conversation the other half is the other conversation it was a, it was a nice uh, storytelling tactic a storytelling um, you know kind of device um, that said this kind of represents what I'm struggling with with the new Marvel universe is that they're giving me a bunch of things that I need to accept as fact that have no weight or no gravity to them. Um, so like the fact that it's supposed to be a big deal that Quill and Kitty broke up, but I never felt like they were together anyway. Like I know like it, it began when Bendis's run on Guardians of the Galaxy and Quill and Kitty were talking and then stuff has happened and they did stuff in Battle World or whatever, but like it, it has no, it has no weight to me that they broke up because I never accepted them as a couple, you know? Um, so I, I that, that was just the, the thought I had about the, like the current state of Marvel and and I have a similar, co- you know, point, uh, in all new Wolverine number seven, where, you know, uh, X-23 or Wolverine or, you know, Wolverine number two teams up with Squirrel Girl and and as if they're, like, old friends. And I'm like, what? They're not old, you know? Like, and also, and also didn't Wolverine sleep with Squirrel Girl? Like, isn't, didn't we have that insulated in, in New Avengers? But... Um, I'm it's, barely following anything you're saying. It's the, it's it's just the idea that that we're gonna we're gonna team these two characters up and make it seem like they have a history when there is no history. Right. You know, you know what I mean? And so and and now I and and I recognize that's my challenge as an old man reading these books after 20 years versus some random you know new person who's getting into comics now and loves Squirrel Girl or whatever. Like I get that, but I'm just saying that's 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 what my personal struggle has been. Well, my yeah. the, my question would be like, is that just you? It could be. Like, is no. this is this I, I the accepted think, reality I, for people? I, I think I think old school. I think there's definitely a old school fan versus new fan are having a, a conflict right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, for and sure, that's, especially especially in Marvel. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, I'm not saying the comics are bad. The comics are good. I think Wolverine is a very very good book. I think Tom Taylor and Marcio Takara did a great job on this issue. It's all stuff, but I, it, it's. I, I feel like I, I went away for a bit and then I came back and everything changed and I'm just supposed to be okay with the change, but I never went away. You know? So I'm right here, guys. I'm but, right here. but, okay. 
are you the person they want to sell comics to? That's that's a good question. Well, I mean, they, I, but and, the and person, I would, he's the person they are selling comics to. Yeah. I mean, I got oh, money. So I got money. He's the person that is buying them. Yeah. I oh, think, they're, addic- they're, they're addicted to you. That's fine, but they don't want to be. Right. Right, but I don't, know, I don't believe that there's another group out there. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, now, that said, uh, something does happen in all new Wolverine number seven that we need to talk about in the beginning. Are either of you guys reading this book? Or? No. Okay. The book opens on a flashback to when X-23 was living at the school and she ran away and Wolverine went to go find her, right? And Wolverine pulls up on his motorcycle. It's raining. She's standing on the side of the road. He pulls up on his motorcycle and takes his helmet off. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. I see where this is going. Wolverine doesn't wear a helmet when he's on his motorcycle. What the fuck? Oh, I didn't think I thought this was going to be a hair issue. No. Why is Wolverine yeah. wearing Why a helmet? Why would he need to? Yeah. yeah. And at Maybe least. It's just a law. At, and he just doesn't want to get hassled. Well, that's is New what I York, thought. Is it in New York? That's what I thought. No, it doesn't say where. But then I go to look at Old Man Logan by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino, and Old yeah. Man Logan's riding a motorcycle with no helmet. Well, that's a post uh, apocalyptic hellscape. Well, no, it's no, not. No, no, no. He's, in the, he's no. in the Marvel Universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, well, I'm going to go with. There's a couple of things. I mean, the obvious one, if you have to draw a face with Wolverine's hair or you have to draw a helmet, what are you going to do? Well, he takes the helmet off, and then they draw the hair in the next page. I and know, then but there, there's, literally, there's literally a panel of him putting the helmet back on before he drives away. So mm-hmm. what Maybe I wanna, it's a visor thing. He can see better. So what I want to know is did Tom, Ta- did Tom Taylor, the writer, specify he's wearing a helmet, or did Marcio Takara, as the artist, say, I'm going to give him a helmet? And why... And why is not Christina Harrington, the assistant editor, catching this? Okay, here's, what, here's, here's another thing. The modern motorcycle helmets of today, they're Bluetooth-enabled. He can listen to the radio. It cuts out wind noise, and it keeps gunk from going in his eyes. Even if he's got a healing factor, it's still a nuisance. Ugh. Makes sense. I don't know. And, and then if New York, and we're going to call it New York just because, if they, if they have a mandatory helmet law, he's going to get pulled over left and right. Like, you know you who I am, Bob? You really think he's worried about getting pulled over on a, gen, on a, day, just, on a day-to-day basis? Will, you think Wolverine is worried about, uh, about, about junk not about law? The actual, not about the actual consequences, but he's still going to deal with it. He either, so he either has to pull over and wait the time, or he has to go on a car chase. And who's got time for that? It's easy to just wear the helmet. Uh. Listen to some tunes. He's listening to the Allman Brothers, Marshall Tucker Band, maybe some stuff from uh, old-timey stuff. It's uh, hard to smoke a cigar with a helmet on. He's not allowed to smoke anymore. Right. That, that's what I thought, too. I'm like, is this another case of he's not allowed to smoke anymore, so now he's going to wear helmets? But then I saw Old Man Logan. He's not wearing a helmet, so I don't know what to think. So I would well, like that a, guy, I would like been a, through the ringer. I would like a clarification. I'm going to contact Marvel because I would like a clarification on helmet, motorcycle helmets and Wolverine I, on this. I just uh, – I just, I just want to. I'm not. I don't know that I'm fully on board with this protest. So I want to make sure this doesn't get logged collectively. Oh no! It's yeah. uh, it's all of my fanboy who's protesting. I I I. I <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, Andrew Sorrentino can write, can draw a motorcycle run. Yeah, sure can. He can draw a lot of. He can draw a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, let's talk about Velvet 14, which was one of two image books that came out this week that I feel like had been away for a while. It was. Um. And we'll talk about the other one in the next segment, but I was, these are two sides of the same coin in that I was kind of confused about a lot of stuff because it had been gone so long. <clears throat> it took me a long time, a long time to get up to speed. However, they did end up kidnapping Nixon, so I'm all for that. 
Yeah, I, I gotta say, on in this issue, I was like, all right, right, okay, I'm remembering. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but I was a little. I do remember for some reason, whatever that last issue ever was, we really liked it. That's what I remember yeah. when I started it. And so I was yeah. like, where did we leave off? Which I, I'm used to feeling. I don't even. I don't even notice. Uh, and then, and then, but then they blackmailed Ford and kidnapped <laughs> Nixon. I was like, fuck, pick the week. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know that. I'm glad I didn't have to make the choice, but you can make a strong argument for that. Yeah, and it was like, like, Mr. President, you're gonna want to stay down here for a couple of hours, because otherwise you're gonna tell everybody the truth. And I was like, that was awesome. It was totally like lame revisionist history stuff, but I still had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, we're on it. We're on like a every two or three months schedule with this book right now. Yeah, I think the last one came the, out in February, maybe. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, at the release yeah, dates: yeah. February before that, November before that, August. Yeah. Two two to four months. Cool. There was there was a break between April and August between ten and eleven. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Well, I mean, it's it's the price to pay for art, you know. Like, oh, I get it. I'm my old, my old adult brain yeah. is having a tough time with it. Yeah, that's all. I actually noticed very specifically that uh, in this issue, I was looking at the way that um, Epting drew uh, Velvet, and I was like, kind of taken aback. I was like, look, she doesn't have giant boobs. And for like, I noticed that as a thing. Like, oh, I'm so used to seeing characters that, and she just has like a different kind of body, and it's it's like super um, consistent through everything. And I was, and I was, then I was like, ah, he's really good. And I, which is what I think every time I read this, I was like, this, is a, this is a great artist. I love, and I like this character. I like how sort of atypical she is uh, compared to all the other characters. And then she Poor got her hair Ford. red. There's a lot of redheads in comics. Yeah, there's also a lot of blowjobs in comics. That's another thing I noticed. Another thing that happened this I, week. Yeah, I think I read uh, I read like sex, and then I read this like right after. And I was like, "What is with all the blowjobs?" <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I don't know if that's just me. <laughs> that might just be you. Okay, so uh, if you want if you want comic books about blowjobs or any books about blowjobs or any books or anything, uh, you should go shop at Amazon. And in doing so, you can help iFanboy out in the process. You go to iFanboy.com slash support, and there is a link there where you can uh, uh, start your shopping over at Amazon and start your adventure down that path <laughs> that I wish you luck on. Uh, and in doing you're so, a great, you're a great copywriter. Yeah. In, in, in doing so, uh, we get a little kickback from Amazon. Nothing comes out of your pocket. Uh, you just buy them, buy the stuff that you want to buy at Amazon, and Amazon pays us a little bit for sending sending them your way or sending them sending you their way. Uh, it's very confusing. Uh, and also over at ifanboy.com slash support, there are links there where you can sign up for an ifanboy.com membership, or you can uh, directly donate to us via PayPal. And we thank everyone for their support. Uh, you help keep the ifanboy ship afloat. We appreciate it. All right, moving on. Uh, Daredevil number six. Uh, I had two. Th- well, my first main thought was, did you did you look at the cover? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. How in the world is the name of the story arc Electric Connection okay in this world in 2016, where they <laughs> spelled electric half like Electra? Listen, uh, is a problem. But I got over it because I didn't really think about it after that. I know. But I looked at it. I was like, oh, come on. We can't do better than that. Electric connection. Eh. <laughs> um, and, and also, it is very clear that the whole purpose of this book is to, is to pull in people who are watching the show, which is fine, which I get. You know, but like the timing. Yeah. Of the, yeah. The t- you know, like that. Yeah. Like that was I was like, oh, yeah, they're definitely like if anybody's calling, not calling, you know, like calling them out for that or whatever. Like this is the one that is exactly, you know, it's not exactly the TV show, but it's definitely familiar for anyone watching the TV show, which makes perfect sense. 
So. I don't. I don't really. I don't blame anybody doing this book for bringing in Electra, but I did have a moment like, remember when she was dead? Yeah. And then I went, remember when all of them were dead? And it, <laughs> and it, and like it, no, but it was like a thing. Like it mattered. Yeah. And now, and now, like, and they, for a long time it was a joke. Like they're always going to come back. Now it's not even a joke anymore. Yeah, it just is. It's a there are no dead characters anymore. That's and that's so there's always no... been the case. That's always been the case in comics. <sighs> but they're all back, and then they for, killed them for again. a long time. There was only the three or four that stayed dead. Everyone else came back on a regular basis. I, that's the way comics work. I don't, I don't, I don't like the theme that I'm coming up with in this again. Is well, I don't, why is it going to be like this now? But I, I like genuinely remember like. The whole point, the whole reason that first Daredevil Electra story was great was because she was killed. Yep. And now, uh, like, you don't buy anybody getting killed. And that's, 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 I don't know. I don't buy it. It's funny because I realized that what it, and all comics ever were was the illusion of permanence. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. You gotta live in the moment as you're reading it and not think yeah, about it. You're not even trying else. anymore, though. Well, electric connection. I think we should mention Matteo Bufagni, who. Yeah. It yeah. was Phil and Ars. I thought he was really good. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, liked I, I really wondered. I was like, how did they find a guy? Really like, can you draw mostly like this? They, <laughs> like, like it's not like they found a guy who that was his style because yeah. they were trying to stick with it. But yeah, it was good. It was good work. They stuck with the uh, aesthetic of the book. Yeah, I, I mean, this book's really good. I really enjoy it, especially after watching the show. I, I'm sort of more into Daredevil at the moment. Sure. Yeah. Hey, speaking of blowjobs, Sex Twenty Seven was the opposite <laughs> side of the coin in that. Uh, I don't know when the last time this book came out either, but for some reason, this is a book I have no trouble remembering, remembering the story, the characters, the relationships. I mean, it's all, there's a lot of people here, just, just just regular people, and I have no trouble remembering no matter how long the break is. I don't, I don't know why that is, but maybe because I love it. You know why? Because they're fucking. Because <laughs> of all the blowjobs? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, I think that's it. That helps you remember I, things. Fucking. <laughs> I just, uh, I just love this, bu- love this book, and yeah, it's a great. Book. Um, it's fucked up. The it's only not thing I as would... fucked up as you think it is, based on the content, though. No, no, it's not. I like that dichotomy a lot. So we haven't had a new issue this since since December, so it's been a while. Yeah, no, I noticed that too. Yeah, I guess the only thing, the only thing I could say about this is that uh, the cost, the flashback costume that the Robin character wears is dumb. Like it doesn't really fit into the aesthetic that they've established for the uh, Simon's alter ego. That's done on purpose. I mean, because he doesn't really fit in. Maybe. I mean, it's an it's easy way to. It's an easy way to visually sort of clue you in that like this isn't working. Right. Because it didn't work. This lawyer guy is gonna get. He, he's he can't catch a break. This the the which one the one who had to because there's two. The lawyer guy who who was having sex with the Japanese woman, who who was always being said to have weird sex by Simon. Yeah, because then there's because there's the other guy who I don't know, maybe he's not a lawyer, but the one who's in counseling with his wife, who's learned how to be a pervert, (laughs) and he's he's also having a rough go of it. And he had that one flashback of her falling off the building, and I was like, "Ooh, that's grim." That's what you think about the couples therapy. Apparently, it's shoving her out the window. I don't believe the therapy is working at that point. <laughs> so I just think this book's wonderful. I think Joe Casey's great. Cool. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to touch base on Jacked number six, uh, which was from Vertigo. Um, the jobs in this one? Uh, not in this issue, but it is definitely like it's like an old school Garth Ennis type Vertigo book. 
it's not Garth Ennis, but it is drawn by John Higgins, who you may remember from um, Ennis's first arc on Hellblazer, um, Dangerous Habits. I think I'm almost sure that that is the same artist, and he might have been the colorist on um, Watchmen. Um, but it's like this story of this like loser schlub dad who buys some stupid like health supplement from the back of a magazine or something, and it gives him superpowers momentarily. Uh, and he kills his next door neighbor who's a criminal and then like his whole life sort of falls apart, but he has to find out that he's a man, whatever. And it was, I, I didn't talk about it the whole time I was reading it cause I wasn't really sure what I thought about it. And I'm still not, but at the end of it, uh, like I was kind of like, people should know about this. If that's the kind of thing that you're, you're into, like remember that really, that late nineties, like really violent, almost, uh, 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 anarchic, uh, sort of mm-hmm. like life is hell. Uh, let's just kill a lot. Everything of sucks. Let's just drink and get yep. blowjobs and. Yeah, but it's that thing. Like later, like he's he's like guy who's trapped in a marriage with kids and his he's shitty his job and he's fat and he's got erectile dysfunction and all that stuff and um, it just felt like a comic from a different age and I kind of enjoyed it. It was definitely perverse. It was fucked can, up. Can you relate to it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Listen, everything here works terrific. It's terrific. I got the best people on it. We're all fine here. We're fine here. How are you? So Batgirl 51 is funny because, um, you know, with a month or so to go to the, the DC Rebirth, we're at the same sort of point where we talked about it earlier where the, the books before the reboot sort of fall apart. And here, the creative team of Batgirl that revitalized the book is mostly gone. You only have Brendan Fletcher doing the writing. No Cameron Stewart, no Babs Tarr, because I guess they're off to do their image book or whatever. But it's... It's sort of like we got to the end of the, the marathon and everybody fell on their face right before the finish line. Um, it's just interesting that this celebrated team in this book didn't finish off this run uh, of Batgirl. That's, that's my observation on this one. No, that's, that's, sometimes, that's sometimes how it goes. Well, I know. Yeah. Is this particular one is so creative team dependent that uh, this issue was fine. The, the fill-in art was fine. It was two artists doing it. Um, it was in the style of love the book, but uh, it just a little bit of a spark wasn't there. Yeah, that's so. clever. Oh well. Next, I've been reading Ms. Marvel because mm-hmm. all of you people told me about how good you thought it was, and uh, I liked this issue a lot. I've been reading it for like since the reboot, basically, mm-hmm. um, and I, I kind of dug the end of it, which is you know pretty basic like life lesson for for the teenage characters you can't be everything to everyone and try to do everything and and you know what you're make sure you're paying attention to the important things even though there's other things why you think are important at one point iron man gives her a hug and i thought that can't that can't be comfortable <laughs> no <laughs> but then i thought hurt. wait then i thought is his armor actually still uh stiff now or is it like bi- bio like can it be soft I... and soft and yielding when it needs to be Probably not, because I have I have bike pads that if you fall, the stuff this they're flexible, but if you fall, it toughens up. You could do something like that. Anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's it is it's a good book. It's really really unique and interesting. Um, and I'm I'm I feel like they're they're definitely letting that team run with it, which is really kind of fun and cool. And I'm glad people are responding to it. It felt like a Simpsons episode where, you know, she had a problem where in which she. She's a teenager, so she has to be at school, but she's also on the Avengers, but she's also her brother's getting married, but also she's got her friends. She can't be everywhere at once, so she clones herself 
and then the clones start replicating. So there's hundreds of clones running around. So they, so then they is someone engineer... having Iron Man armor applied right now? Yes. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm getting, my armor's being buffed. <laughs> okay. uh, so then they they engineer a dinosaur that only seeks out the clones to go kill the clones, but that runs amok. It felt like you know that episode where they feed the snakes to eat the rats. They get the yeah. You know. And then, so then the Avengers have to show up to save the day. But I thought this was this was also a great issue. But it was. But then the other thing is, like, she also she made the call. Yeah. And they were like, "Sure, we'll come help. Good, good job. That was stupid, but you fixed it, so we're good." When you need help, call. And also, you yeah. can go to your brother's wedding. It's okay. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's good. Sweet. Yeah. Um, there you go. It makes me want to watch Multiplicity. Yes. <laughs> great movie. All right. Great Michael. Hey, Steve. Movie. Um, super underrated. Super underrated. Yes. Um, Finally, last book that we're going to talk about this week is Avengers Standoff, Assault on Pleasant Hill, Omega Number 1. Uh, this is the... Classic title. Classic, classic Marvel title. Um, this is the uh, the ending bookend to the event, the Avengers event that Nick Spencer was leading uh, about Avengers Standoff uh, that was... Uh, ho- I, which I've been reading and has been wholly uh, forgetful as evidenced by the fact that I haven't talked about it until now. And the only reason why I'm talking about it is because... Um, there are two artists on it. Uh, Daniel Acuna, who is just delightful, as we all know. Delightful. Acuna is just is is just is great, is stellar. Um, and then there's um, Angel Un- Unzueta. I'm, I'm mispronouncing that, but um, whose art style is different. Um, and there's a big moment in the book when Steve Rogers appears and he is now back to his normal age, right? And there's even a com- there's even a comment about that. About how he's back to his age, and then the uh, at the end of the issue, Maria Hill is wrapping up what happened to the Shadow Council, and they say, "Well, what about the Avengers?" And she goes, "Well, I've met with the Avengers leadership," and it goes to a flashback of her meeting with everybody at a table, and there's Steve uh, with gray hair. Mm. Mm. And it's mm. like, come on, guys, that's you know? that's yeah. way worse than the helmet. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Whatever. Nitpick, pedantic. I know, but you want me to believe this stuff or not? Uh, uh, you know. No, that that one. I, that one. I got a. Is it a coloring mistake, or is he drawn old? Too. He looks old. He's drawn old. Uh, yeah, it's it's not just coloring. He's drawn old. And the thing is, Kuna colors himself. Uh, no, it's the different art. It wasn't Kuna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, but uh, the uh, yeah, it's it's just an example. Like continuity across the line or in the publishing line, I, I'll bend on continuity in an, in an issue. You gotta, you yes. gotta get that right. You gotta get that In, right. Internal continuity has to make sense. Yeah, exactly. So just a little, little, little pedantic comic uh, note. But other than that, it doesn't matter because this was forgettable. So, so this was the event leading up to Civil War Two, right? No, this, so this is, is the, this is the story leading up to Civil this War. This is II. a story. Yeah, I mean, basically, it all Zemo was in it. I mean, it kind of. This it's, is what's been going on in Captain America. Yeah, yeah, it's related to Captain America and what's been going on in Avengers. I mean, Cosmic Cube esque stuff. They they set up this town of villains it was like a prison for villains where they were using the 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 cosmic cube to make them all think that they were just regular citizens and then you know what it's like it's like springfield yeah i mean not exactly but yeah celebration yeah so celebration (laughs) yeah anyway so those are the books that uh we read this week uh go to ifanboy.com and you can comment on this post if you want to comment on these books or any other uh comics that you might have read this week that you thought were notable um we got some uh we got some Listener feedback that we're going to go through right now. Uh, we got our first email. Uh, Connor, why don't, you, why don't you give it to us? It's from Bill Bobo Simone. Nice. Who you may remember. <laughs> his, 
While enjoying Goodfellas Minute, I started listening to iFanboy, despite not having read comics for pretty much 20 years. And damn you guys, I'm getting the itch to start up again. I've known some of the big storylines that made it to the wider audiences, like Spider-Man's marriage being forgotten, Jim Gordon as Batman, etc. But there's plenty I have never had an inkling about since, like, since when did Peter Parker become a nice guy, Tony Stark? Anyhow, my question is this. What recommendations for getting back into the hobby do you suggest? Not necessarily titles, but things to know that may have changed or other key resources. Are comic book stores subscription still a thing, or is the main way to get books via comicology? Does Rob Liefeld still draw pouches, pouches within pouches? Who besides you guys do I need to be paying attention to? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, um. I, of all these questions, I can answer one of them definitively. Okay. Rob Liefeld does still draw pouches, and he draws pouches within pouches, and he's happy to tell you all about pouches. <laughs> he loves pouches. He They're handy. Love- you keep things in them. I gotta give. I gotta give Liefeld credit. He has embraced him himself. Yes. His whole yes. like his all that, and it it's the del- and it's delightful to watch. <laughs> it's, it's just uh, I, I I got to hang out with him briefly at the Captain America premiere down in L.A., and he was just like in all of his all of his Rob Liefeld glory, and it's all happening. Deadpool's a success. It looks like X Men are on a good a good path and you know it looks like cable is coming like they're they're doing it you know cable's gonna be in a movie like it's all happening for him and uh he will draw you pouches if you ask him to so yeah he's not gonna reject the pouch no he's not gonna reject the, the pouch. pouch the pouch got him here he's not better than the pouch that's the thing yeah yeah he, de- he definitely knows oh. his roots so yeah so 20 years ago we were in college yeah and what has changed basically Everything. in the comic book world between now and then Everything. A lot. Everything. 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 <laughs> you can, you can oh, certainly oh, get your comics into from... the air. We'll be all right. You can certainly get your comics via comicsology, but most people still go to the comic store. Yes. The, yes. the vast majority of people still go to the comic store. And I, stu- I assume you can have a pull list there. I don't know. Well, yeah. here, okay, here's the thing that's changed. Um, you do You have that choice. You can read them however you want. Um, trades. Collections. collections, yes, yes. That has changed incredibly. At that point, 20 years ago, if you missed a story, you had to hunt back issues and find them. And now every every uh, significant storyline, for the most part, has been collected. And you can buy you know, at a bookstore, at Amazon, at, you know, at a comic shop. You can order it or whatever. There's yeah, and it's a billion point, ways to read that a, history. It's the point when a new series comes out like, like a, from an image or a dark horse. You can, see, let, you can not get the first issue hear what people are saying about it, okay, fine, then I'll get the trade, because the trade will come out right. immediately when the five issues are out, whereas 20 years ago, you, you, if you saw something, you had to buy it, because who knew if, you were, if it was going to be reprinted or if you'll ever find it again? Right. You know? So, um, yeah, there were numerous times when I was traveling or, like, I would visit a comic book shop or go to a convention, and I'd see something like Stray Bullets or I'd see something like Strangers in Paradise, I, and I would buy it on the spot, because who knows if you can find it? Now it's much easier to find this stuff and order it, and you know Amazon and all that stuff. So digitally, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. great, great resources for that. Uh, they're a lot more expensive than they used to be. Yep, because huh. um, their whole audience are mostly forty-year-old men, so they'll keep buying them. Yep. Is that is that a bad uh, uh, generalization? Because it's still true. Um, uh, are store subscriptions still a thing? Yeah, it depends yes, on the store. Are. It depends. It yeah. depends on the store, but but for the most part, most comic book stores, um, any good a comic book store worth its salt will have some sort of pull list subscription because that's basically yeah. how they guarantee recurring revenue. So yep. yeah, so, yeah. Ron, how what do you do at your store? I have a pull list. Uh, you have, you do you, do you give your customers pull lists? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you got to make sure you get that money coming in. 
Um, uh, a lot more synergy between the, the media properties in the books now. So you'll see, if you've seen the films or the TV shows, like we were discussing earlier with Daredevil, you'll recognize a lot more. Uh, people have, p- characters have molded and changed to fit what they've done in, in other media properties. I think you're going to find that storylines in general uh, usually last about six issues now. There'll be, you know, it used to be you'd do an issue here or there and whatever, but usually things come in six-issue chunks. There's multiple places where you can start reading something. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. If you don't know something, you didn't have Wikipedia back then. Yeah. Right. You can find out anything. that You don't know what's going on. Which I do kind of um, miss. I mean, we talked about it before, but I do yeah. miss the spending hours in the shop going, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's Lila Cheney? And then, like, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and doing that kind of, like, uh, or picking up a random issue and then, and then oh, I got to find the next one to find, yeah. and then go, or going back and figuring out. Who, yeah, it's it's a different world. Also, yeah, it's a kind of campfire campfire reminiscing. You know, I miss that. Like when you're with a group of people and you're like, go, oh wait, no, I read a story where this happened, and you're like, kind it's of, it's almost, re- you know, like it's almost like we're missing the oral tradition of storytelling. Yes, exactly. Because now exactly. we have archives, and we're like, ah, oh. exactly. But it's 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 true. My final point for Bobo is that uh, numbers aren't as important anymore yeah. at all. The yeah. books are constantly being re- num- rebooted at number one, uh, so they, it's not a big deal. Yeah. All right, here's the thing. Comic book art is more varied and better than it has ever been. And the people making comics are, are, are pretty good if you add a lot of different things. Where they sort of people making comics are pretty good, Josh. I fanboy. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I honestly think that the art is is better and more varied than it's ever been. Like you before, you'd have guys kind of all look this, you know, sort of the same. There was house styles and things. And there'd be one or two guys who broke the mold. Uh, but now there's like there's whatever you want, you can get. Like there's a ton of of, of diversity uh, in style going yeah. on right now. So it's almost like there's so much. Like if I was to come in now, there'd be so much choice. I'd be like, what the hell do I do with all this? Right. Um, which is also a concern. A lot of books, also. Yeah. A lot of yeah. books, and also the books come come out more often. Yeah, no, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of books coming out more often, and it's. I think it's harder if you. I don't know. I mean, it's harder to. Um, it's harder to keep up, I think, because books are coming out yes. faster. Does that make sense? You know, like yes. it's, it's easier to miss an issue now. Nothing. There's no time to breathe yeah. because no, the next book comes out in two yeah. weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot going on, uh, Bobo. You'll be Bobo. fine. Bobo. Also, Bobo had an addendum to his email saying he liked his nickname from Goodfellas Minute. Whenever, so. whenever I hear Bobo, I think of. Do you remember there was a state sketch about a, a clown miming flying a plane and Thomas Lennon? I hear. Was, was I a, hear Thomas Lennon saying yes, Bobo, but I don't like, know why. There's a big button in front of you, and it says Bobo. Press it. <laughs> It's interesting. It's a, I like that you are carrying on the oral tradition of the state bubble. on your lonesome. I will find that. I will find that sketch for you. Josh, why don't you read the next email? I first started listening to Jeff from Muncie, Indiana. So Jared, I first start- Jared, Jared. Jared from Muncie, Indiana. I first started listening to iFanboy about a month ago at my new desk job. Since then, I have listened in reverse order to every pick of the week from now through episode 461. Wow. To help pay for the bandwidth I'm using, I clicked on the Amazon link. We thank you. In the past, I have ordered about 40 DC Showcase Presents and Marvel Essentials, but recently I've noticed the Golden Age omnibuses, Omnibuy pop up, and now it looks like DC is starting to make trades of some of these omnibuses. I know Connor said... There's lots of of things you can say. 
That's another thing that's changed, Bobo. Uh, I know Connor said he used to buy the DC Chronicles, but it now looks like he stopped making. They stopped making those. How do you guys like to read your Golden and Silver Age stories? Is there a format that's comfortable size and weight wise for you? Are some versions a lot better quality? Should I start collecting these trades, or are they going to start a new version in a few years, Connor? Well, first, a couple of things before I get to the meat of it. One, it must be weird to listen to him in reverse order because then you don't the jokes that build. You don't understand until you get to the beginning. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You, you are giving us a lot of credit. <laughs> I, then I was like, maybe it doesn't really matter because the jokes aren't that good. Yeah. Uh, second, you, you just you, the last you question. You, younger and younger? <laughs> and less bitter and cynical. Yeah. Um, so I see going start, that way being a thing. Should I start collecting these trades or are they going to start new ones? There's just really no way of knowing. Uh, they probably will. But I wanted to mention this because I have been purchasing these new hardcovers that DC's been putting out. And whoever is in charge of DC's collections has been really great. They, they're collecting everything. They, stuff I never thought would see the light of day is being collected. They're collecting the Mike, the Mike Grell Green Arrow run. They're collecting all of the Chuck Dixon Batman stuff, the Nightwing books, the Robin books, the Birds of Prey books from the 90s and 2000s. I never thought I'd see those collected. They're all being collected too. But the ones he's talking about, are uh, really great hardcover collections of Batman, Superman, Justice League, World's Finest, Wonder Woman uh, that they're doing in these nice, big, oversized hardcovers. Not oversized, but thick hardcover, like omnibus size. Uh, they all have Darwin Cook covers, and they're all really great. I have, an, I have, all, I have so far all of ones that have come out. And uh, I, I, that's my new thing. He's, he was right. I was buying all the DC Chronicles. They stopped doing those. They got about 11 volumes into Batman before they stopped. I'm hoping that these come out because they're so big, they will cover more material quicker. And uh, this, these will be the definitive collections because they're, they're really beautifully produced. They're selling. Uh, I hope so. For your sake. <laughs> they're really great, though. Uh, if you, if the covers are, by Darwin are wonderful. Well, that's, that, that, yeah. Also, yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah. But. They're also doing the Silver Age ones. I just bought the Silver Age Justice League Volume 1, which is Volume 2 is coming out soon. And, uh, it, it, you know, I, I like having these oversized ones on the shelf. As they're great display items, but they're also a great way to have all these old issues uh, in one go. Yep. So that's, why, that's how I like to read them. I would go ahead and just say one more thing to Bobo. Uh, go read The New Frontier. Yeah. I mean, that's like, what, what are you going to read from the last 20? Go read The New Frontier by Darwin Cook from D.C. That's my advice to you. Correct. Yeah. That's, just, that's just the thing. All right. We have a... Voicemail. What? Hey, fellas, it's Eric from Detroit. Uh, question for you. I just got done listening to the episode where you go over the, the Eisner nominations, and I'm just wondering if you had to submit one of your episodes, just one from your entire catalog for an Eisner for Best Comic Space Podcast, which episode would you pick? Uh, now, I, I've only been thinking about this question for about two and a half minutes, so if it's not up to standards, I understand, but um, my personal choice would have to be when Ron strokes out on rusty auto parts. Uh, I, I don't even remember anything else about that episode, but that was enough to be a highlight for me. Uh, that's it. Keep up the great work. See ya. Well, I, I applaud, uh, Eric for figuring out to, uh, record some audio and attach it to an email now that we no longer have the voicemail line. And we encourage you to do that as well, too. Um, if you keep it down to 30 seconds and make sure to say your name and where you're from and send it to us as a MP3 or a WAV file, we'd be happy to answer your voicemails on the show. So good job, Eric. Um, audio quality, much higher on audio, the, uh, yeah, wonderful on, the, on these than the, the phone. Yeah. Very, good very job. Good. But, um, he can't stalk the streets while he's recording. I guess you could. You could, yeah, smart. you absolutely could. Okay. But um, but so to to answer your question, um, 
or to respond to your pick, I would not choose that episode, not because it paints me in a, in a bizarre light, but because it really doesn't add anything to the world of comics other than a funny moment. You see, the Eisner is, is, it, is it actually a comedy award. It's not a, yeah, this, these guys think they're funny. Uh, it's not a comedy award. Rather, I think it would be more about what adds to the discourse of comics. And to be honest, I would add last week's episode because I thought that was a great episode and had some good comic talk. You know, like the, it's recent and it's. Uh, well, I, I think you know. there has to be a combination of quality comic talk but also super entertaining yeah sure yeah because well, the whole point of the show is to be entertaining and if there ever was and in this bizarro earth too where they finally recognize podcasts uh if they ever have that kind of award it has to be entertainment it has to be a factor in it because they're entertainment shows right yeah 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 but i wouldn't I would pick say, that one either that's a great moment but that yeah if you're going for that kind of crazy moment i would go for more of the uh thor because that was for the whole episode oh yeah or you know that kind of thing, but th- I would agree with you. I'd, I'd f- I would want to find a more show that was sort of good all the way through, you know, with good commentary, funny jokes, or whatever, and it was a solid hour as opposed to a solid mi- two minutes into the hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I I'd want some good, you know, comic discussion. Not you know, cri- not criticism. You know, criticism. You know, like uh, some good, but also is entertaining and funny. And honestly, I thought I thought last week's episode was one of our best episodes in a while. I thought it was a really good episode. So. So we come down hard this week. Yeah, it came well, down real hard this week. Yeah, yeah. You guys got to, they have to wait until until the DC Rebirth issues come out. Yes, yeah. Well, and, actually, and, you know what? You know what? I would I might submit those those that from that first month we we reviewed all the new fifty two because those were really fun and funny shows, but also had good commentary in them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, are you are you coming around on that? Are you going to join us in reviewing the DC Rebirth books? You've been they've been calling for you on Twitter to do it. Well, yeah. Well, it, when you ask a bunch of people if a person that should do something that you know that they have no <laughs> hashtag Josh that ratings. they want hashtag Josh ratings, <laughs> people will say yes, I I do want that. Uh, I, 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 we'll we'll have to see. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, right. cheers. There you go. If you have any questions or comments that you want to get in the conversation, uh, email us to contact ifanboy.com. You can, like Rod said earlier, you can also record a uh, voicemail and send it that send it that way too. I have a hard time thinking of like pod like these shows that we did because they all blend together, and the things that we remember are like the gags. I, I, but like I, I can think of video shows that we did where I thought like, oh, that was that was great, or, or, or um, interviews. I have no memory the, of any of it. Like literally, 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 when Ryan Hauft was on Star Wars Minute for epi- talking about Episode One, and he's like, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta," he heard I was I was coming on the show. He's like, "You gotta ask Ron about the podcast review that they did of the Episode One in 3D." And so then I go, on, so then I go in Star Wars Minute, and Pete the retailer goes, "Oh, well, Ryan said we should ask you about this Episode One podcast you guys did." And I'm like, "That sounds like something we do." <laughs> it was like, but I honestly, I, I I could not tell you what happened on that podcast. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember some some of the movie ones, the GI Joe podcast. I liked a lot. Yeah, I don't. Any, in fact, any of the early year episodes when we started we started talking about GI Joe, and it started coming up a lot. I always enjoyed those. Well, that's just because you enjoyed them, not because they were good. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. All I mean, right. well, the, the conversation about about four kids walking to the bank. I thought that was. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, I like that. So, uh, so does anyone else want to hear what we think of ourselves? <laughs> yeah. To circle back to earlier in the show, uh, it was season two, episode one of the state, and the sketch is called Mime Crash, where there's a mime pretending to fly a plane, and they get a pilot to come to talk them down, and that's where there's a big button that says Bobo. So there you go. 
Contact at ifanboy.com if you want to get in on the show with your email or your voicemail. Uh, so we have other podcasts coming up, and we've also done some recently. We did a Daredevil Season 2 podcast. Myself and Ron and Mike Romo got together to talk about that. It's behind uh, this couple shows back in the feed, but you can still listen to that if you haven't watched. Somebody wrote on Twitter they were going to listen to it before watching the season, and I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> the show will always be there. Watch the show. Watch yeah. Daredevil first. Yep. Yeah. So you can find that if you listen to, or if you watch Daredevil, you want to hear what we thought of it. Yep. And uh, coming out soon is Captain America Civil War, the movie event of May of early May. <laughs> not, not to get in the way of X-Men, which is coming out in late May. But uh, yeah, so uh, we, will all, we will be seeing it and figuring out how we're going to talk about it on a podcast. So stay tuned for that. Do you want to re- reiterate the guarantee you gave last week, Ron? We will. All three of us will record a podcast <laughs> talking about that movie. It might come out in August. So deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make promises. Um, so Bobo came from Goodfellas Minute, Bobo, which which surprised me. <laughs> I thought I thought oh there won't be anyone who who goes from Goodfellas to iFanboy. That's that's absurd. But apparently that's a thing, which is well, rad. Smells are new listeners. That's nice to hear. Wow. Yeah. I'm wow. S- yeah. My first instinct there was to apologize, and I don't know what that's about. Um, we do we Catholic we completed guilt. we completed Goodfellas Minute. Uh, where we went through the movie Goodfellas one minute at a time. There are 145, 145 yeah. episodes that we did um, where, we, where we talked about that movie in great detail. And, uh, like, uh, and we, we had a lot of fun doing that, uh, which, uh, which made us laugh. So there's laughter on those shows. Whether you like that, that's up to you. I don't know. But you can go to goodfellasminute.com and find out. You'd be surprised at people who don't like laughing. I, that's, that's, what I, that's what I was alluding to. There were some people who gave us negative reviews because we were laughing. And I was like, well, I'm not doing this so you have fun. <laughs> <laughs> doing it for, for me to have fun. Oh, God. Head over to fanboy.com to comment on this show. You can find other podcasts like the Daredevil podcast. You can, you'll be able to find Captain America Civil War there next week-ish. Uh, you can follow us on that fan, you can follow all the action at facebook.com slash ifanboy and at ifanboy on Twitter. That's where you can find out what the pick is before the show comes out. And you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan, at C.S. Kilpatrick, and at Ron XO. Yes. And if you enjoy the show and you think it should be nominated for an Eisner, you can write a review in iTunes and say that. Uh, make sure you write a review. Won't accomplish anything, but <laughs> but hey, at least you'll be heard. At least you had a moment. Um, yeah, but go to iTunes, write a review of this show, of Goodfellas Minute, of any other podcast that you enjoy. Uh, it helps to helps other people to discover it and all that fun stuff. So we appreciate everyone who's done that. Um, and also, you know, like we say it every time, but uh, you, you guys help us spread the word. Uh, if you like this episode, uh, post up on Twitter or Facebook about it, or tell the folks at your comic book shop or your friends or anything. Say hey, check this out. Uh, podcasts are best enjoyed when they're shared. So there you go. Podcast for a dish best served cold. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for this week. So until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Bobo. 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 Bobo.